Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing we can promise is that our conversation will be hopefully less than fascinating so that you can feel free to drift off. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano, and joining me is a fellow podcaster, a creator, comedian, and a wonderful host himself, David Shore, welcome to the Insomnia Project. Thank you for having me, Mark. I'm very, ex- I'm very excited to be I'm, here. I don't I'm, want to sound too excited because I want people to fall asleep. It's fine if you're excited off the I, top, yeah, because it usually takes a few beats before people start to drift off. Yeah, uh, but I'm excited to have you because I've I've watched you perform f- mm-hmm. over the years, and I think you're b- brilliant. That's very kind. Uh, but also, you look like you could be related to me. And every time I see you, I <laughs> yeah. think. Yeah. Wow, I feel this kinship as if as if you're a relative of mine because you look so much like right. the Timpano side of my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sorry if that if you take offense to that. But no, I'm not insulting. No, I think no, I don't remember you. Say, I mean, I haven't seen you in a long time. Sure. I, I was in the UK for seven years, mm-hmm. and I know I've seen you since coming back. But we bumped into each other a few weeks ago at that pod camp because yeah, I have a lot of sleep problems. But I don't remember. Before moving to the UK, if you had said to me, you know, you look like you could be in my family. So there's nothing, I don't know why, you know. It's an odd thing to tell people. You know, you look like you could be related to me. Well, it's something you don't hear a lot. Sure. I think. But I don't, I don't, I didn't find it odd when you said it to me today. And, and certainly I think I mentioned, like, I'm Jewish. Mm -hmm. Uh, The older I get, I become more ish and less Jew. Okay. Um, and I've certainly had lots of Italians think that I'm Italian. Right. Because I, I don't – there are certain people when I see them, it's like, I know you're Jewish. Right. Um, you know, and, and uh, I don't particularly look Jewish. And I don't particularly have – my first name, like David, is a Jewish name. But my last name, sure, could be anything. Sure. If I was David Goldberg, you would know from my name that I'm probably Jewish. Right. Um, but there could be – you know – it's funny when I, I went to Western for for my first degree in university. That's I, a university in London, Ontario, for our international listeners. Yes, so University of Western Ontario, and I remember being pretty far away from the campus one day, and I stopped at a sub place to get to get lunch, and it was an Italian guy. Okay, and he said to me, you know, and he, you know, he was from Italy. He's like, oh, so you're Italian? And I right. said, no, I'm a Jewish. And he puts his fingers together. He goes, Italians and Jews are like a dis. Right. <laughs> and I just thought that's that's really nice and. 
there's a lot of truth in that, and there's a lot of truth in it. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a Mediterranean sure. thing, Mediterranean look. Because certainly if you go to Israel, you'll see lots of uh, men and women who who look Mediterranean. Yes. I was yeah. just in Israel last year. Oh, really? And I certainly found that. And um, I've mentioned it before in this podcast. Mm-hmm. If you ever have the opportunity to go to Israel, it is such a wonderful, wonderful place to be, explore, if you love history, if you love culture, yeah. or if you just love beaches beach. and eating I love the well. Beach. Yeah. Uh, speaking of eating, yes. let's talk about cultural food since we started that yeah. uh, sort of connection with culture. Yeah, well, I was I was up, uh, I, I try to have lunch with my uncles at least once or, or a couple times a month, mm-hmm. and they meet daily at Kiva's. Uh, Kiva's a, is arguably one of the better places to get bagels in southern Ontario. Hunt- I'm going to say bagels because that's what I get there. I'm sure they have other great food. They're known. There it's Kiva's bagels. Though. Yeah, sure. You know, they're known for their bagels. Um, and so I was meeting them, and I thought, and I was going up to my mother's after. She lives in Thornhill. And I was telling you I was really craving a Dante's Pizza, which is a legendary pizza place in Thornhill. Right. They don't deliver downtown because I looked into it. <laughs> and I thought, maybe I'll order pizza to bring home. But I didn't because I was really full. And and I have to watch what I eat since my, my Crohn's surgeries. Sure. Um, but I thought, oh, this might be interesting to talk about different bagels. And there's always yeah. a bagel debate in Toronto. And also, I would love to get, if you have a place downtown, oh, this is the best place for pizza downtown. Or, or you know, like I can't really eat pasta that much anymore. Sure. But I was thinking, because there is, not just in the Jewish community, but in general, there's a debate over what's the best bagel in the city. And I'm a huge fan of Grice, which is owned by the Grice family. I don't know how long they've been making these bagels down on Bathurst Street. But now whenever I go up to my mom's, you know, I get a car share. I make time to stop at the bakery right. to pick up their bagels. They've also got these pizzas, these little pizzas they make, which are very basic but tasty. And I also get some rugula. And at a lot of places in downtown Toronto, you can buy Grice bagels. Right. Um, and they're fresh, but they're, they cost more. Sure. So if I'm heading up there, I'll pick up a dozen. Right. When talking bagels, what is your preferred topping if there is a topping on your bagel? So, for example, yeah. do you like poppy seed, sesame seed? What is your go-to? It's a good question. You know, it's either one of those. Okay. I like either poppy or sesame. And I, I've only found it recently because I would typically get the poppy seed bagel at Kiva's. Mm-hmm. But my uncle got one. It it seemed like it had taken a bath in poppy seeds. Oh. And apparently you have to ask for the extra poppy seed bagel. It's really covered in it. That's the one I like. The, if yeah. the bagel almost looks black because yeah. it has that many poppy seeds, yeah. I'm on board. I'm on board with that too. I'm a big fan of the plain bagel too. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes you can really tell the quality of the bagel if it's plain. And that tips into pizza for me. Oh, yeah. So if I'm in a pizza mm-hmm. restaurant, a pizzeria, and they're making their own sort of personal size pizza, yes. so I'm getting a 12-inch, let's say, um, eight-slice pizza or six-slice pizza for myself, mm-hmm. even a four-slice if they do it like a um, quadrants, let's say. Right. Um, I'll always get a margarita mm. because you can't mask your inability to make a pizza if you get the most basic. So I can mm. tell if they know what they're doing because a margarita has three ingredients right. and it's all there. Yeah. You you know right away. You could add a whole bunch of different things, sausage mm-hmm. and spice and whatnot and pineapples and, and different mushrooms and whatnot, five mushrooms and some cream on top, and it will mask a lot of mistakes. Right. So whenever I go to a place for the first time, I'll always say, I'll have a margarita and I can tell right away if they know how to 
how to do it well. Now that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Is there? Do you have a go-to place in the downtown area or, or midtown? It's a great question. So for me, my preferred pizza would be a Neapolitan-style pizza. Mm-hmm. So it tends to be a bit chewier, right. the dough. And I go to a pizzeria for that. Is that the Neapolitan? Is that where it's quick-fired in a specific type of oven for like 90 seconds? Is that? Or is it more the dough, like you were just saying? It's a bit of both. So they okay. use this. If it's going to be, um, how do I say this now? Uh, there is a uh, classification mm. for Neapolitan-style pizzas because right. that's where the pizza was born, was in right. Naples. And if you want to have that classification, which you'll see in certain restaurants, you need to use flour mm-hmm. from Italy, so double zero flour. Right. And you need to use San Marzano uh, tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So that's the tomato that's generally used for pizzas. It's a southern Italian tomato. And the products should be from that area. Right. So from Naples, we're, we're looking at to be classified. For me, that's not that important. I think we have great tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I think our flour that we have here is perfectly acceptable. Yeah. But a lot of these places will do that. Mm-hmm. The dough tends to be a bit chewier, almost like, a, and I hate to say this, but like a pita. Yeah, yeah. It has that kind of feel to me. It's funny you say that because there's so many different types of pita. Right. And I find most of the downtown places, I don't like the falafel because the pita, where I'm, and whereas if I'm up in Thornhill, there's a place called Sababa's. Yes. On steels, and they have their own, they make their own pita fresh every day, and it's more, a bit more doughy, but it's soft. It's soft and yeah. crispy. And their shawarma and falafel as a result is perfect. It reminded me of going to the beach in Israel and getting a falafel. There you <laughs> it's go. the best. Yeah. So, so for me, that kind of texture mm. that you just described is my preferred yeah. sort of feel. And so my, my favorite places to go are is Teroni. Okay. And sure. it, I know it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a well-known restaurant. I just feel their consistency. Well-known for a reason. Yeah. yeah. And the style that they do. Mm-hmm. Queen Margarita's great. Okay. And the margarita was named after Queen Margarita when she visited Naples, so that's where they get their name. Okay. And of course, if you if if one hasn't seen uh, margarita pizza, it is tomato, uh, fior di latte or mozzarella cheese and basil, and those are mm-hmm. the colors of the Italian flag, and hence they made it oh. to welcome Queen Margarita when she was coming to Naples. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So that's where the origin of that. But if I'm having a Roman-style pizza, mm-hmm. which tends to have a, a coarser dough and a um, almost like a corn, it almost feels like it, it has a bit of grit in it, right. cornmeal or whatnot. Not that I think it's made with cornmeal; it just has that. Sometimes that, the bottom's got a bit of a coating, right? Yeah. yeah. So I feel I feel like, and I could be wrong, that they use cornmeal on the bottom. Mm. Um, I don't have a particular place that I go for that, but there's been a couple restaurants that have done it really well here, and I do right. like a couple of the little. Bakeries that, mm-hmm. that that cook it, especially these old school Italian bakeries will do oh, yeah. a great job. Yeah. yeah so for those. you, bagel, do you prefer the bagels we get here or a Montreal style bagel, which we also can get here? It's funny. I I love Montreal style bagels. Mm-hmm. When you couldn't get them here, they were. If I was ever going to Montreal or, or a friend was coming, I was like, get me some bagels, mm. and I love them. And when you first could get them here, when Saint Urban first opened, sure. I couldn't get enough Montreal-style yeah. bagels. And now I, I still love them. I've got some in my freezer, but it depends what you're having them with. Oh, I love that. Because depending on what you're having, it's different. I mean, the texture is so different. The density is so different. Like a lot of times I'll make eggs in the morning, like scrambled eggs, and I'll put 
I'll get a rice bagel or a kibbutz bagel, mm-hmm. and I'll put some cream cheese on. Sure. And put the eggs on top, and it's got a nice melt. But with the Montreal bagel, because of the shape. They tend to be smaller. If you're not familiar with the thinner, yeah. thinner bagel, yeah. they tend to be a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. The dough tends to be denser. Yeah. And there's a sweetness. There is a sweetness I think they to use them. honey when they Possibly. make them. Yeah, and there's a bit of a sweetness to them. Yeah. I know when I used to stay with friends in Montreal after summer camp, like they would have loads of them in the freezer, and they would cut them before freezing them so they could just toast them right oh, away. Okay. So I thought, well, that was really smart. And uh, like that's the thing. Butter or margarine are amazing in them. Cream cheese and Lux are great in them. Sure. But I find the egg, because of the narrowest and right. the big hole, they don't hold that as well. So it depends. Like, for me, it's not a great sandwich bagel. Right. But uh, if I'm having an open face, I like that. Um, but then you would be prudent to use a New York-style bagel if you're going to have a sandwich because yeah. they tend to be enormous or very – they have a lot of surface, I yeah. find. Well, it's funny, guys. I do love – when I go to New York, I love getting bagels there. Sure. And, and you have a great selection of schmears in yes. New York. And it's, here it's a bit harder to get a good schmear. Like, I like a whitefish salad. Most places are out of it whenever I go. They only make right. it one day a week. I never go that day. Right. But in New York, you know, it's such an institution that I think that's why they have more choice in their schmear, um, which is a Yiddish term for spread. Uh, here, you know, it's funny, my favorite used to be my go-to was the Kiva's Big Twister bagel. Okay. Um, which is a really big bagel. And it's typically got some poppy and some sesame and salt on it. And it's also a good bagel for making a pizza bagel. Oh, yes. Which is, here we're getting cross-cultural. Yes. We're getting fusion here. Because <laughs> um, that would give you a pretty big pizza bagel. Sure. You know. Um, but now, I mean, I was misdiagnosed as being a, as being a wheat uh, allergy for a number of years. Or whatever, yeah. yeah, due to my Crohn's. And, and and when I found out, oh, you can just get a t- No one told me you can get a test. <laughs> so right. if you think that wheat or gluten is an issue, just know you can get a te- you can get tested for that. So I had to go on gluten-free bagels, which typically aren't very good because they're, they're always frozen. Sure. But I did discover there's a place in Kensington Market, New Bagel, and they make Montreal-style bagels, and they make their own gluten-free. Even though I'm back on wheat, which right. was like the greatest thing ever, and I think the first thing I had was a Montreal bagel, which was just heaven. Sure. Um, and I had the gluten-free bagel at New Bagel, and it's really good. You wouldn't know that it's gluten-free, and it's fresh. That's the thing with gluten-free. A lot of times it's hard to find fresh baked goods or, or pastas. Sure. It's very difficult to find. And I want to ask you, have you ever tried? Have you heard of the – there's a small chain. I think it's an American chain. They've come to Canada. Have you heard of Pico? Their pizza Yes, place? I have, actually. Their gluten-free pizza is amazing. A friend of mine who's got had Crohn's for a long time said to me because he, you know, at the time was avoiding, uh, sorry, avoiding wheat, and I had to avoid. He said, "Get their gluten-free pizza; you sure. will not know the difference." Wow! And that's true. Like they make their own dough, and uh, so if if you are celiac or if it's just wheat, I highly recommend the pie. That's a great. That's a great tip because, yeah. um, you know, it's. I've had pizzas that are made with cauliflower. They're good for what they are, but at a certain point, they don't feel like pizza to me anymore. Pizzolios also have, they make their own gluten-free, and theirs is pretty good. A lot of places use the same place, Nate's Bagels, who make all the frozen bagels you get in the city. They make, like if you order a gluten-free bagel, uh, pizza, sorry, and it says 12-inch only, sure. it's probably they bought frozen crusts. Right. And, and, you know, they're being accommodating. It's okay. But there are a few places that make so their pine, own pi- pie pine. co. 
um, with regards to the schmear and the, and the yeah. bagels, Locks and Schmear mm-hmm. on St. Clair, oh, one of my yeah. favorite, favorite bagel places. Yeah. They have a bagel called the Fancy Fancy. Mm. They smoke their own fish there. Oh, wow. That's and, impressive. And uh, it is, what I love about it is it's not skimpy. Right. So they mm-hmm. pickle they pickle their own um Pickles, pickles and, yeah. and their onions are pickled wow. uh, and brined in shop. Lev Levine is uh, the chef there, right? And uh, they they just go out of their way. Mm-hmm. I recommend it so highly. I'll check it out. I've only had like smoked fish that was smoked in a small like batch like that once. When my sister and uh, her husband and I and my my ex wife we went out to Galliano Island. Off in, in BC, BC. Oh. yeah, and um, my brother-in-law got a bike and went tripping around, and sure. he found there was an indigenous family that caught and smoked their own salmon, Wonderful. and he bought a big piece of it, and it was it was the best smoked salmon I've ever had. I bet. Like we just went to town on that thing. Well, wild caught, smoked. Yeah, no, I'm gonna have to check out this. What's it called in the Schmear place? Locks, Locks and Schmear. And Schmear. It's yeah. a good name. Yeah, it's, it's on the north name. side, um, between Oakwood and. Dufferin. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know that area. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's wonderful. Um, you have a podcast. I sort of mentioned it off the oh, top. Yes. Yeah. And if you heard some rumbling off the top, my vacuum was going off. <laughs> I have a robotic vacuum that loves to start cleaning when I'm podcasting. Mm-hmm. We have fights. <laughs> the Panel Show with David Shore. Yes. If you're looking for a podcast that is both comedic and political and and not just politics with no fair current, uh, current events, events sorry current event. no I, I mean no we do talk a lot of it's mostly politics mm-hmm. but I won't I, I try and find some things that are a bit more topical as well yeah. to talk about you have that fake and real uh, portion at the end of the show that I really enjoy as yeah well. we're going to change the name of that just because oh. so, so basically the show just for people who don't Please. know um, so I come from an improv background that's how we know each other yes. and you know I was with the Second City for a long time and I have my own show called Monkey Toast, the improvised talk show, which is now in its 18th year in Toronto. Congrats. Thank you very much. We tried podcasting it, but it was a nightmare <laughs> to record. Yet to come is what, I, what I'll say. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. That's yeah. very kind. That's true. If somebody can come and invest money, we're happy to do it. Perfect. But um, um, so I use a lot of the cast from the show. Like they're all, almost all of them are Second City Main Stage alumni, you know, and you'd be hard pressed to find better improvisers anywhere in the world. Than, sure. That cast and I had the idea for the show a number of years ago while watching, watching I think it was CBC News World and they had a an, uh, they had a panel and they had a comedian as part of the panel, and they weren't funny, right? They were deadly serious. Well, not deadly serious. They were just serious. Mm-hmm. And I thought if I could get a great improviser in character just to commit to the character and talk about politics and current events, I think it'll be funny. Sure. So Andrew Coyne was a regular guest on Monkey Toast. He's one of the most well known. Uh, journalists and, and respected journalists in Canada. So he was on board. And at the time, Kim Parley, uh, she's a former student of mine at Second City, and she'd been on Monkey Toast a number of times. She was an anchor at, at, at the, I don't know if they were BNN or BBN Business, is a business news network. Okay. Um, and so we workshopped in front of a live audience, and it really worked. But then I went to the UK for seven years, and now that I'm back, I've restarted the show thinking this will make a good podcast. So every show I have two real journalists into improvisers in character, and we talk about real-world topics and events. And so Andrew Coyne's been on it quite a bit. Robert Benzies, the Queen's Park Bureau Chief, which is the local, the provincial parliament here in Ontario. The last show, the improvisers, 
uh, Kayla Lorette, who's amazing. She plays this character, your insufferable Aunt Maureen, who's just <laughs> hilarious. Yes. Carrie Griffin, who does Monkey Toes quite a bit, and it's another Second City alumni. He and, and he's been on your podcast. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He played your high school drug dealer, yeah. Noel, Noel Hendricks. On a previous episode, uh, Carrie played Jimmy Stewart, and um, I'm blanking. I, I blank on names. But I, I love how you have these historical people yeah. on, or these improvisers playing historical or animated. Uh, guests and whatnot, and it's yeah. just I just find the perspective yes. on the given topic is so interesting because you have them sort of weave together with a respected journalist and say Jimmy Stewart or Bane from the Batman. Yes, Bane. Bane's very woke. Is yes. what we discovered. Yeah. So Jimmy, that Jimmy Stewart episode, the other improviser was Liz Johnson, and she played Catherine Hepburn. And her take, because we talked about, of course, there was some um, uproar with Scorsese said some things about the Marvel universe. And her in character talking about the Marvel Universe, one of the funniest things I've ever there heard, because she really knows the Marvel Universe, the, the real person, Liz Johnson, and then to do it in character. So the show really works. It's, it's a lot of fun. We do it in front of a small live audience. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the real and fake at the end of the show, because I have to research all the topics, every month I come across something, and I'm like, this is, re- this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Right. And then I find three more things that are the craziest thing we have ever heard. So... I read off a headline, and I ask the panel, is it real or fake? And then we ask the audience. I need to just change the name of that at the end, the mm-hmm. game we play at the end of the show. The panel show with David Shore mm-hmm. is the perfect podcast for your uh, transit experience, I find. You know, when you, oh, need, you. Yeah. you need something mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're traveling to and fro from yeah. destinations. Definitely. For me, that podcast is engaging, yeah. and it just it, it's fun funny, informative, Thank you. and just plain great. I really appreciate that. Well, it's a great it's a great podcast. It is topical. Yes. It is funny. Current events. Definitely something yeah. for uh, for our listeners who need something not to make them fall asleep. Thank you. The panel show with David Shore. Before we go, yes. you had mentioned living in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I have some amazing listeners in the UK oh, who yes. often send me notes and, and whatnot. So mm-hmm. what are some things you miss from your time in the UK now that you're back in Canada? That's an interesting question. That our listeners can be like, oh, I didn't realize how lucky I was to still have this and it would be something that would be missed. You know, it's such a different and beautiful place, the United Kingdom. And depending on where you live, just like in Canada, your experience is very different. So I lived in London which is like New York is so different than the rest of the country. And in London, what I miss is people moving at a quick pace. Sure. Because like even though I'm not a Londoner, I became a Londoner. Of course. When you become a Londoner, you have no patience for people who are slow on the tube or the subway or on the sidewalk. And I get frustrated with people in Toronto because of that. That being said – one of the things I miss, I, I lived in the countryside for, for about 18 months. The countryside is gorgeous in the UK, and I miss that. And I miss that you can just walk through the fields. Like, you have right of way. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There's, there's, there's paths that are 1,000 years, 600, 700 years old. And so even though they may be a farm and farmer's sure. land, you'll see, like, a well-worn path. And they have, by law, right of passage, and there'll be a gate, that, you know, and it'll be set up. There's different trusts. Um, that have all these walking paths all over the UK. And you can take, there's all these like mapped out 
walks, and they typically end or start at a pub. Right. So you can have lunch or, or, or a pint after. Yes. One of the things I don't miss is if you do go for a pub for a walk, a lot of pubs uh, will not be serving food all day. A lot right. of restaurants, unless you're in London, like in the countryside, a lot of restaurants are closed. Like, sure. like it's like being in the Middle East in the 70s where people take a siesta for three right. hours. Um, and I do remember once my, my ex-wife and I having a difficult time finding a place to eat. Mm-hmm. But the countryside and everywhere you look, there's horses and the horses will come up to you. And and so the countryside there, like is here when you when you drive in the country, everything's fenced off. And if you hop that fence you're trespassing you're, and you're trespassing and if you're in the states you might get shot right so. the funny thing is um i remember being in the uk and mm-hmm. everything's green and mm-hmm. lush oh yeah and of course they do get a lot of rain but it's not as much as people think i know i feel like everyone sort of has this image of that but when i was there i had some of the sunniest most beautiful days yeah. in all of europe and did people say to you oh it won't last they they did, but I was like, yeah. oh, even uh, it's so beautiful. It doesn't it doesn't. I don't even mind because even when there's that bit of rain mm-hmm. and fog and and grayness, it it makes the city come alive in a different way. I found no for sure. One thing I I do want to say since we started talking about food, um, the cheeses in the UK. Oh yeah, are spectacular. They are, and I love a good Stilton. Oh yeah, and it's good. The Stilton soup is also excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say this, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of people who are going to roll their eyes, but I've found this, and it could just be my own personal bias. But tea just tastes better when made by a Brit in England. <laughs> and, I, and I've and i said it once, and I'll say it again, and I'm sure people are going to just roll their eyes, but I just found when I had tea there, it was just mm. – and I love tea. It was just a different experience. It's funny. I don't know if I – Thought, I, I do remember I have to specify that I don't want milk in it. Okay. Because they'll automatically put milk in it. And I've, to me, I wasn't brought up with milk and tea, so I find it gross. Do know? you put lemon in your tea? Depending on the tea, I might. If there's lemon available, okay. I put in a lot of sugar, to be honest okay, with so you. Okay, so that's, that's how um, Russians tend to put a lot of sugar, but they yeah. also make it very milky, so you wouldn't want much a Russian tea either. No, like it depends on what tea I'm If it's a particularly dark tea that's bitter... Like that's the thing. Traditionally, you put milk in it, but sure. I don't put milk, so I put in probably extra sugar or honey, depending on what's available. What's your preferred tea? Right now, I've got. It's funny. I've gotten into orange pico lately. Yeah. Earl. I was always an Earl Grey guy for a long time, mm-hmm. um, and and I would, you know, I, when I was sick, I'd have to have so many mint teas and herbal teas. Sure. But they just don't cut it. But um, and I found some President's Choice decaffeinated. Um, orange pico. Okay. So I can have tea at night and not have to be an herbal tea. I see. I yeah. see. Yeah. So right now, yeah, I'm definitely down. It's funny because my box of Earl Grey was staring at me. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I haven't had you in months and you're feeling sad, aren't you, Earl oh, Grey? Well, yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, David, thank you so much for being a part of the Insomnia Project today. Oh, it's been, it's really been my pleasure. And, and like I said, like I, I told you, I, I love the podcast. Thank I have you. a lot of sleep problems. It's really helped me. And hopefully you're all asleep by now. And if you're not, please listen to the panel show. <laughs> the panel show with David Shore. I definitely recommend it on your listening list. Thank you. And reach out and tell David you listened to it because you heard it on the Insomnia Project. Oh, that would be great. I'd love for you to get feedback from our listeners. Thank you. Yeah, and if you're overseas, uh, there's nothing funnier than Canadian politics. <laughs> That's for sure. And if you're visiting Toronto and you want to attend a live show of Monkey Toast, mm-hmm. where can they go? So go to monkeytoast.com. 
is our website, and there's info about upcoming shows, and also there will be a link to the panel show website, and we do invite audience for tapings. Those tapings are free, but typically the Monkey Toast is once a month. We take the summer off Great. because anyone in Canada, if you work in the arts in Canada, you know it's hard to get people indoors in the sure. summer. So. Um, I will have all those listed in our show notes, so you can just click there in case you're like, I'm just about to fall asleep. I'm not writing that down. <laughs> David, thanks again. My pleasure. As always, the Insomnia Project is produced by Drumcast Productions, and this particular podcast episode, as you may have guessed, was recorded in Toronto, Canada. Until the next time.